everybody. Welcome to Burnout Box Season 2, Episode 38, with me, Justin Starkey, Indigo, and me, Rebecca. So uh, today we're going to talk about tires, and um, we're here to entertain questions about tires and wheel combinations and just talk about some common configurations. Um, and uh, how do I word this? I think you're doing fine. I mean, isn't that that's what we're going to talk yeah. about? I mean, there there are multiple types of racing. There's different applications, different tires you'd want. You know, uh, depending on what type of racing you're doing and in what conditions and how much power your car makes. Yeah. And some people just like to drive their car on the road, and that's a thing too. Yeah. And they have a problem, like traction control randomly coming on. <laughs> we can definitely talk about that. Because the car is not staying glued to the road. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so throw us some, throw us some questions. We're going to kind of do this format where we take some questions and we also kind of go through topic, parts of the topic that we want to cover as well. You know, I remember, like, talking to people about cars and favorite catchphrase that is a terrible catchphrase, slicks. Oh. Hmm. I feel like that's a descriptive term. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not opposed to slicks. I mean, so at, at our level of knowledge, yeah, we know exactly what a slick is. I guess it, I guess it matters. And we know... Is, is the other person meaning the same thing? Yeah. I mean, we know what it means to us... And, and what the application is, but if somebody just says, oh, does your car have slicks on it, or are you going to put slicks on it? I mean, we've got a set of uh, tires out there from Chucky that are now slick. <laughs> and they're worthless. They're, they're this far away from the cords, and um, the, the tread is gone, the, the cord's about to show, the rubber is old and hard, and... <laughs> Um, they'd be useless for any type of traction. But if you try to equate traction with slicks, you know, what are you really talking about? So we'll go into that because, you know, we've, we've even got some, you know, disagreement here as to what slicks mean. Right. We're getting some questions mm -hmm. and uh, on some stuff. So we'll let some questions come in. Andy wants to give her input too. Andy says hi. <coughs> so I think the first thing we should talk about is track driving versus street driving and drag or straight line racing versus turning corners, such as an autocross or a road course type situation. Yeah, absolutely. We can definitely talk about that. I think I have some many years of experience on the same car with different tire combinations for drag racing. So um, I think I saw an evolution in tire technology um, from the time we bought my car in July of 2010 till now. And I'm the happiest I've ever been with tires. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so in your specific, on your car, it was specific to drag tires. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that. So, um, gosh, back in 2010, we started with a Hoosier? 
Oh, it was an M&H first. I can't remember. BFG Drag Radio. Oh, that's, I forgot all about the BFG Drag Radio. <laughs> On the stock fan blade wheels. Yes. It was a like a 265 45 18. And it was shorter, so it gave your car more gear ratio effectively. Yeah. Um, and my car is a 315 um, gear car from the factory, um, which I liked. Um, and did I only run that while I was in it, or did we, when did we switch from that tire? We did that down to the 1060s. Okay. I think we went through a couple sets of them. A couple sets of them. Um, yeah, I, I was rough on tires for a little while. No, the bigger burnouts seemed to work better. Yeah. Back then, I used to do these huge burnouts, I would say. Yeah, huge. So they worked well um, for uh, my car going in A back in 2010. Um, and even when you had the blower set up on it pretty mild. Right. Yeah. And then up at, through, it was March before I went ninth on the blower, March of 2011. Um, and at that point, we had switched to the Hoosier. Yeah, we switched to a dedicated 15-inch drag wall, drag tire with more sidewall, like somebody was uh, starting to ask on here. And um, that really became a, well, we were doing what all the people that drag race do. Yeah. They go to bigger tire, they put more sidewall on it, and they go faster. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it worked well. It required a big burnout, um, a real big burnout. In fact, I had problems with staging the car uh, against other people that would do um, more smaller burnouts and um, them running up and double balling me before. <laughs> and we were still, you know, we were running the Hoosiers. We were still running a couple different types of drag radials. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we eventually found that we liked the Hoosiers. Uh, there wasn't... The drag radial tire game was not what it is no, today. No, not nearly. I, I was very happy with the Hoosier, but I was doing big burnouts, running them on fairly low tire pressure, and um, kind of going through them just quickly. We didn't uh, really know a lot back then. Um, well, I wasn't using it as a shock, though. Like, I, <laughs> I did not have my drag radial set at 14 PSI and using it as a shock. Um, and then we switched to an M&H at some point. I really liked that tire quite a bit. Um, they were very soft. They would, you know, you'd do a big burnout, they'd get sticky, and they'd work. Yeah, um, I'd get a nice 60 foot out of it. And then... This is an interesting correlation. The faster your car has gone, the shorter your burnouts have got. Oh, yeah. My burnouts now are super short. Um, and I can talk about my process for that and why I've kind of gone to that as well, especially when we kind of start to talk about tire compound a little bit. Um, but we did the M&H, and that worked for a while. I don't remember... When I went 895, was I on Mickey then? You were. We had pretty much gone to Mickey Thompson's at that point. It was the pro radial was the tire. But I think before that, just prior to that, like when the car was going 9493s, I was still on an M&H. And we were getting stuff. Yeah, I think we were, we were, we were scared to switch at that point. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because the faster we go faster she goes the more we learn and the methodology and the reasons like all of a sudden change and you're like wait a second I was doing this because of this and that didn't make sense but it was just working yeah and sometimes we go back to just doing things that work because they work <laughs> so
myself. Um, so eventually I switched over to a Mickey Thompson um, Pro Radial. Um, and if you've ever heard me talk about tires, you've heard me talk about how much I love that tire. It is like magical, essentially. <laughs> it, I, I'm gonna use the term that you said that you hated, but I'm gonna say it. It is like a drag radial, but it recovers like a um, slick. Like if you get a little bit, and this is, this is with the caveat at a certain power level. And once you get beyond a certain power level, the, the tire can only do so much realistically. But there was a time where if I had a little bit of hop, a little bit of spin, a little bit of just messiness on um, my launch, the, the tire could kind of take up for that and, um, and I could still get down the track. Well, it, it, it's funny because you can throw a really good tire on a car on a really well-prepped track, and you can have completely stock suspension, and there is almost no way to break that interface between the tire and the track, mm -hmm. especially on something that has, say, eight, 900 rear wheel horsepower. Um, you know, it just needs a little bit of weight transfer, and it just needs to keep it back there, and it, it'll hook. It's when you start trying to go faster and get even better and better 60 foots that everything starts to matter. The suspension components, the geometry, the shocks, the front rear weight distribution, because you have something that is now, you know, in motion, has multiple motions going on at the same time, such as the back of the car is lifting, the tire is planting into the pavement, the front of the car is lifting, just enough to transfer weight, but not too much to wheelie. So that's some of the complex set of variables. But I do want to take this back a notch because we've got a lot of good questions sure. that are, I think, relevant, but they are really um, not quite at that level yet. So we've got a question about sidewall. More sidewall is better. How much do you give up going from a 17 to a 15-inch wheel? So that's really... Uh, that's really a question that I feel like is really relevant to the S550 cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when you were racing our S550, it had a 17-inch wheel on the back. Yes, it did. So the way the rear brake and rear suspension is set up on a 15-up Mustang, 17 inches is the smallest you can go. You actually have to change the brake, and you have to do some other wacky stuff to get a 15 to fit. Um, <clears throat> Now that Mickey Thompson has the ET Street R available in a 17-inch, and I mean they've had it available for four, three, four yeah, like three issues. years now. Um, well, that was a I think that was a new tire when you raced on it. So it would have yeah. been four, yeah. four or five years now. I'm trying to remember when it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it would be four years. Yeah. yeah and the S550's been out for five years or so. Um, so, uh, that being said, if you're at any type of, I'm going to say anywhere in the 1,000 wheel horsepower or less range, if you can get the suspension working right, I don't know that a 15 versus 17 matters on an S550 IRS car. I would have to agree. And that it partly is based on what is the IRS capable of doing as far as the suspension goes and the tire goes, if it can't use a 15-inch tire, right, your tire is not essentially your lim is not your limiting factor at that yeah. point. And that's what, I mean, that's what a lot of this stuff is 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 it's 
pushing everything you've got to the limit and not... And combining it so they complement each other. Yeah. So that nothing is significantly more limiting than any other component of your setup. So next question, number two. What is your opinion on the Firestone Indy 500 street tire? I am not familiar with those. I, Are you? I have no experience with yeah. that, so it's not something I can speak to, but if somebody... Um, else wants to comment um then maybe we can get some education too i'll throw some numbers out there if the treadwear rating is like 200 or less it is probably a darn freaking sticky tire uh if it's uh, treadwear ratings up in the 300 400 range then you're talking about an average tire and it doesn't mean that it's not sticky but it's it's designed to be a a high performing but long lasting tire um so we got a GT500 question. Mm-hmm. Thomason is asking, a 2012 GT500 making 760 rear wheel horsepower, 740 rear wheel torque. I have the Mixie, Mickey Thompson ET Street SS. The car feels like it wants to brake all the time. Thinking about switching to Street R, any advice is greatly appreciated. I think he means brake the tire all the time. I would guess that that's what he means. Brake the tire loose all the time. So have you ever raced on the Street SS's? I've not used the Street SS's. I've used the Street R's. So the SS used to be legal for the Ultra Street class. Right. But the cars got fast enough that it really wasn't safe. Yeah. Um, I like the Street R. I I think really the defining factor between the Street SS and the Street R, the Street SS has tread on it. So therefore, it, it must be good for water. Well... It is my personal opinion and personal experience that Mickey Thompson's compound is absolutely terrible on a wet surface. <laughs> it's just not meant for water. And you should never use it on a wet surface, whether it has tread or not. Like, yeah. drive 30 miles an hour in the rain, you know, half the speed limit, um, because it can be that dangerous. So, so that being said, for dry traction, um, the Street SS should be decent. The Street R should be a little better. Superior. Um, and I use the um, Pro Radial versus the uh, E2 Street R and 60 foot of the same. And that's because your class the rate that you race requires a Street R. Correct. Um, but you, yeah, I mean, you've been able to get it to go just as fast as a Pro Radial at the power level your car's at. Yep. And that's, and that's pretty impressive. And, you know, what we hear from... Mickey Thompson is that the Pro Radial is a little bit lighter of a tire, has less structure and mass, um, and it's not really designed for highway use, whereas the Street R uh, is a little heavier, but um, and can also tolerate a little more abuse and heat and street driving. Yeah, so I've been a 117.60 foot on both of those tires. So we got a question from one of our GT500 customers, David Neal, with a 14 GT500. He's got 700-plus rear wheel horsepower. How much does upgraded suspension change the grip of a tire on the street? I've tried three different tires, and I have no traction on 20s. So that's a great, uh, that's a great question. Suspension's important. I would say especially at that level, yeah. you've got a stick shift car. You know, what happens is the... Rubber bushings all move around and deflect a lot when you get on that. And, you know, if you're trying to plant and connect something that has a lot of bushing deflection, 
it's not going to be great. You're also going to open up the potential for wheel hop and other, you know, geometry change, changes while you're accelerating, like pinion angle and everything else. Um, the biggest difference as far as suspension changes on a, on a solid axle Mustang is anti-squat or bar angle. And that's how much the tire gets planted into the ground and how much the body pushes away from the tire. If we watch high-speed video of Rebecca's car, it has a ton of bar angle, which equates to a ton of anti-squat, a, a number like 130, 150%. So you'll actually see the wheel gap, wheel well gap increase on launch. But the back of the car may stay the same height because the tire is going into the ground and the tire is actually compressing a little bit. The contact patch is increasing. Um, on a street car with 20-inch wheels and tires, you know, you have that happen in to such a degree that you can't even really visually tell it's happening. It just happens. So... Uh, and, and, and I have to say that anti-squat and bar angle has to be controlled by the shock. It has to be controlled by a very good shock. It only works if it's controlled by a shock. So I would probably do some lower control and some relocation brackets, go about halfway on those brackets, and then set up the... Um, set up a car with a fairly sticky tire because you, you want to get that initial bite and you want to be able to hold it. Otherwise, the suspension won't necessarily do as much as it can for you. Uh, we got Slab Shack. Um, came in here. Just ran out of street. We just ran out of tread on my EC streets. Everybody on the Houston Shelby Owners Group is saying the Michelin 4 is the best all-around non-drag radials. What do you think? You know, Becca, since we had your 2013 GT500, I think slightly after that, the Michelin Pilot Sports 3s came out. Yes. And then that was superseded by the 4S. Um, I think we have 4S's on the Focus. Yeah, I think that's... I would have to say that that is correct, <laughs> based on everything I've heard and seen as well. Yeah, I've heard that it's a great tire. Um, I've never drag raced or focused. So, Bossman 12 Boss, is there a DOT legal street tire for a 20-inch outlaw rim, low-profile street tire, not much track use at all for 700 rear-wheel boosted application, Boss 302, what do you guys recommend? You know, when you get up into 20s, there are drag radials. There's a Mickey Thompson ET Street SS. Yes. We were looking at that for... Track Attack or one of the other project cars. Yeah. And this is where, much like the question that Slab Shack just asked, you know, my, my drag radials are bald. Everybody says that the 4S is pretty good. When you go up to a, to a low-profile, a large rim, a low-profile tire, you're... One of the key things about drag radials is not only do they have a soft compound, they have a soft sidewall. So it can deflect and the contact patch can increase. As soon as you go to a low-profile 20-inch rim, you lose a lot of that effect. And I think relying on a tire, an overall good quality tire like the Michelin 4S, is not a bad thing at all.
So let me scroll down here. Nasty Stang says. <laughs> Every single time this person writes in, you say Nasty Stang, but he, it's an A Stang. Oh, man. And I believe those were his initials. I think he explained it at one point or something like that. In A Stang, 87XX says, has everyone noticed the 20 GT500 has 14.5 inch rear brakes, a fixed caliper, can you put a 17 inch in the rear then? For instance, you can't put any real drag wheels on a 350 because of the rear brake size. Yeah. <laughs> the good part is regular GT parts will fit. I guess that's a bridge that we're going to have to cross when we get our new GT500. I guess so. Um, <clears throat> the, so it's, it's, it really begs the question. Um, I've worked with a couple wheel manufacturers. It may be possible to build a 17 that will fit that brake. Um, the the inside of the wheel it's not there's different ways to do it so you still have a, a 17 inch um, tire size uh, that being said um, yeah you may have to go to 18s or you may have to convert to s550 brakes so one of the things that we can touch on, like the Michelin 4S tire, that's going to be good for you know not only street performance and traction, but also going around corners. And uh, do you remember when we did all the crazy tire pressure and tire temperature stuff at the road course? Oh, vaguely. Yeah. So um, I found on my Boss 302, um, Rebecca and I uh, open-tracked it quite a bit. It had an ideal. You did a lot more than I did. Yeah. Yeah. It had an ideal tire pressure for the factory tires, and you'd have to set them cold, and they'd have to come up the temp about five or six degrees, and then you were in the sweet spot. You could feel it, and um, if the tires went over, they gave up. If they went under, they gave up. It was actually the same front to rear, which is is interesting, and. It goes to show how um, how important tire pressure is, whether you're on the road course or you're on the drag strip. Yeah, and on the drag strip, tire pressure is incredibly important um, because it translates to the size of your contact patch um, with the track. And it also, um, I, I kind of offhandedly mentioned um, people using their tire as a shock. If you run too low of a tire pressure, um, you will essentially, I mean, it's a, it's a shock. It's a, <laughs> it absorbs a shock at that point. And um, so I guess for just general information, I run 18 and a half to 18 and three quarters. Um, and as the car gets faster, we run more tire yeah, pressure. absolutely. As it gets faster. And the funny thing is, is um, the increase in tire pressure... Um, with the increase in speed, it has not been commensurate with the decrease in tire pressure and the decrease in the car's weight. Um, I, I have to make up more in adding tire pressure than I do in having to decrease tire pressure. So um, my car is on the light side for a street car, um, and I still run that much. 
tire pressure. Um, things that we look at um, to kind of verify that the tire pressure is right is, number one, um, our quantifiable data. We look at our 60, uh, my 60 foot. Ah! <laughs> is it is it in that 117, 118 uh, range that it should be? Okay, then if it is, we're doing something right. Um, did I get down the track? If I did, we're doing something right. Um, we also look at, um, as Justin mentioned, the slow motion video. Um, we look at suspension geometry angles. Um, we look at uh, that, that really um, specifically. And then we also look at the number of wrinkles that the tire has and how the wrinkles move or do not move with the car's launch. Because if you see wrinkles, you know that tire's grabbing. Yeah, as soon absolutely. as the wrinkles go away, the car spins. <laughs> and like for a for a street strip car like Rebecca's that doesn't have a ton of data acquisition, doesn't have an aftermarket <laughs> computer, like the car, a basic data log, and video of the launch are the freaking number one tools for tuning the suspension. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of other ways to get data. But yeah, I mean the amount of, so like Rebecca talked about using, playing with tire pressure and using the tire as a spring. It's really bad to do and you can get things like basketballing where the tire grips and then bounces off the surface and spins. That is very, very hard to figure out if you don't have video or a ton of experience to know that that's what happened in the blink of an eye. And the other thing is, is it's unreliable. It's unreliable from pass to pass. You, can't, it, you cannot expect that to work with changing weather conditions, changing track conditions. It just, it doesn't, it's not repeatable. Yeah, that's, like, that's the biggest thing. You should get your suspension and your setup to a point where it hooks more often than not. Not where you got lucky and it hooked once because you let the clutch out a little bit softer and it had time to set. Because um, it's, you know, that's not repeatable. So we've got another uh, question from pa uh, Pavlo50. What's a good tire for daily driving? I have a VMP Gen 3 on my 17 GT, and I can't get traction unless I'm going 80 miles an hour. <laughs> so he's got to be in third or fourth gear to get traction. That makes for a wild ride. <laughs> I mean, I, I just love driving a car on the edge of control, and... Uh, pedaling it and shifting gears and pedaling the next gear and then just going on that wild ride, but um, it doesn't get you anywhere fast. So depending on whether the type of conditions you're going to have to drive the car in and what you want to do with it, I would consider a drag radial or you know a very high-performing street tire. Um, let's see here. Do we have anything final stuff to add, Becca? I think we have touched on a lot of what we wanted to talk about, and I think we answered all the questions. I've got one more thing to add. Is as you move to a dedicated drag setup, you go to skinnies in the front and you know a 15 or 17-inch wheel in the back. In that process, you usually lose a ton of weight. You can lose about 100 pounds from a drag wheel and tire combo and that is also rotating weight. So you will generally see, especially on a slower car, you could see a tenth or two ET decrease. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just from that combination. So um, I, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, 
feel free to uh, drop any suggestions for the next show next week. And uh, over here. Yeah. Our oldest son, Carter, wants to say bye-bye. Bye. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for watching. We'll, uh, we'll see everybody next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good day.